Awesome. My name is Victor, by the way, and as Pastor Dan said, that I'm an elder in a church in Queens, Regal Park, called OSNY. Uh, we have two parishes, and um, besides being a church elder, I'm also in seminary, as well VP for a funding company in New York City. Um, I have a beautiful wife, Diana, and two beautiful children, Jacob, and my daughter right now is in Minnesota having fun with 20,000 youths at the LCMS enjoying what it means to be in Christ. Um, so Pastor Dan gave me this opportunity to preach today, and I noticed that you know, he does a lot, he's moving around, and I told Dan, you know what, something inside of me said, you know what, I need you to rest. I need you to just sit there and just listen to God's words and just be blessed with what God has to say. And it also gives me the opportunity to take the marbles out of my mouth because the last time I preached was almost a year ago, but it was in a funeral. So in today's message, let's read today's text before we dive into the message. It's in Zechariah chapter 3. And it says, Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan, standing at the right side, accusing him, the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebukes you, Satan. The Lord, who has chosen Jerusalem, rebukes you. Is not this man burning stick snatched from the fire? Now Joshua dressed in filthy clothes and stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, Take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, See, I have taken away your sins, and I put fine garments on you. Then I said, Put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him, while the angel of the Lord stood by. The angel of the Lord gave him this charge to Joshua. This is what the the Lord Mighty says. If you will walk in obedience to me and keep my requirements, then you will govern my house and have charge of my courts, and I will give you a place among these standing here. Listen, high priest Joshua, your associates seated before you, who are men symbols of things to come. I am going to bring my servant, the branch, to see the stone I have set in front of Joshua, There are seven eyes on one stone, and I will engrave the inscriptions on it. Says the Lord Mighty, I will remove the sins of the land in a single day. That in that day, each of you will invite your neighbor to sit under the vine and fig tree, declare the Lord Almighty. This is the word of the Lord. So welcome to Calvary Church. My name is Victor. I'm the guest preacher today. If you're a guest with us today, it's awesome to come here and worship with us. I know it's not never easy to come to a church for the first time. Um, I know Pastor Dan and his, his crew here is very welcoming and loving. And if you have any questions regarding today's service or any questions regarding what we believe in, it's always free to see Pastor Dan and his elder and his staff here. Before we start, let's do a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for giving me the opportunity to preach, to share your words, Lord. Lord, I, my prayer is that those hearts are hardened, softened, and those ears shut open. 
May your words be spoken and may your words declare your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. In today's conversation, we are on trial for our salvation. Will the verdict be guilty or we will be set free? We will walk through the book of Zechariah in chapter 3. Before we start, let me ask you a question. How many of you have been inside a courtroom or seen a legal case or trial on the TV? It's nothing like the TV show Law and Order, which, by the way, is one of my favorite shows. Also, I'd like to add, I haven't been inside a courtroom for any criminal act I have done. Just in case you're wondering, you see this guy who's bald here with a lot of tattoos, like, hmm, questionable. So let's, let's imagine if you've been caught red-handed doing a crime, and all the evidence is against you, and there is no way out. The police has placed you under arrest, and you are off to central booking pending your arraignment. You're caught red-handed. What are you going to do? You have no choice. They are dragging you down to central booking to arraign you. The arraignment process is complete and the judge set a date for your trial. Because of the nature of the crime, you are remanded and sent to a holding cell. As we know, New York, Rocker Island. Until... You gotta be in New York to get that one. Um, until your trial date. The day is coming and you have no money, no one to help you, and you are forced to use these one uh, forced to use these freebie legal aid attorney to defend you in this high profile case. The odds are not falling in your favor. Besides going through this ordeal. This whole trial process, everything, you're alone with no money, you have no idea what to do. You say, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. I just want this in and out and just lick it out the way. So you say, you know, you request your rights to be, um, you request to waive your rights to be trialed by jury. You waive your rights to be trialed by jury. Now it's you, the legal aid, which is appointed by you, up for you. The prosecutor and the judge. Are you all with me? Can you picture it? Can you picture the scene in this courtroom? There's no jury, there's the judge right here, and there's the prosecutor right there, having all the evidence laid out, and there's you and your freebie attorney. Broke, stanch, looking rugged. Feeling guilty because you know you're caught red-handed. This is exactly what is happening in the vision God gives Zechariah. In verse 1 it reads, Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing right hand, accusing him. In this courtroom, the trial is taking place. You got a freebie attorney. In this text, Joshua, the high priest, represents us, the church, God's people. 
And the angel of the Lord represents Jesus, which is your legal aid. And Satan is the prosecutor, of course. In Greek, he's the accuser. Satan accusing us for all the wrongdoings we have done. Now, one might say, yeah, I have done some wrong, but my case isn't high profile. Hmm. Let me remind you that for the wages of sin is death. That's Romans 6, 23. There is no escaping this in our own accord. Satan is arguing his case. He's presenting all the evidence. He has videos, he has pictures, he has order recordings, he has Snapchat, Twitter accounts, Instagram, Facebook. He has your secret folder in your laptop, all laid out, presenting to the judge, this is what he has done, this is what she has done. She's a liar, he's a liar, he's an adulterer, he's a sinner, he's a junkie, he's a drunk. He's everything. He's right. I'm Julius. I am the chief of sinners. And everything is being laid out. Until laid out and to this morning too as well. Think think about how many times a day we disobey God and fall into sin. Now multiply that by 365. Then multiply that by your age. That's a whole lot of sinning. I can't do the math. I'm going to be 38. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, he still loves me. Um, That's a whole lot of sinning. Think about what we have done through our lifespan. This morning. I know this morning I was not a happy guy. I got up, I went to my garage, I was trying to fix my door, and I broke a piece, and a few words came out, and I got angry, and my wife got angry at me, and I didn't know, well, that's me, Victor. It's a whole lot of sinning. In Revelations 12.10, it says, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, all of us, has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. See, just again. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. This is what Satan does day in and day out. He accuses. He points his finger at you and at me. He's, and, he's, and he is showing all your flaws, all your imperfection, all everything that you are not claimed to be worthy, all your blemishes, your filthiness, your wretchedness. Your sinfulness. He's pointing at you. He's pointing at you. And he is saying that you are not worthy to be God's people. Not worthy to be God's people. And you have no right to be in God's presence or even been redeemed. 
that we all should be forgotten and damned and sent to damnation. That's the lies that he spreads in your ears. I don't know about you, but I'm thinking, okay, it doesn't look good for me. It doesn't look good at all. I can't lie. The evidence is there. We fall into a trap believing that we are not worthy. We fall into a trap that we are filthy. We fall into a trap saying, you know what? You don't belong in the presence of this holy God because you are filthy. I feel that every day. Then we ask God for the verdict because in our mind there is no hope. Let's get, let's get this over with. God, this, 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 just send me to damnation. Just, just set the verdict. Just say guilty and let me walk away. Not walk away, but you know, away from his presence. There's no way we can save ourselves from this. It's impossible. Look at all the evidence. Look at every single thing we have done. Every single and, and now with social media, it's publicized. It's there. You can't erase it. You wish you can. I wish I could erase a lot of things I have said. A lot of things I have done. I just can't. Just, God, just, just set the verdict, please. But wait. This is, the, this is the beauty part. But wait. Let's not throw in the towel just yet. In Zechariah 3, 2, verse 2, it says, And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebukes you, O Satan. He rebukes him. God has given us an advocate, the angel of the Lord, which is God himself, Jesus. Who's, by the way, our free be legal aid attorney. In John 1, verse, um, chapter 2, verse 1, if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. This is scripture. This is not me saying. This is scripture. It says, if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Jesus is our defense attorney. He is there to be protecting us from Satan and his lies about we don't belong to God's family or his presence. Jesus, the angel of the Lord, is our defense and stating that we should be redeemed and not sent to damnation. That we should be redeemed. How awesome is that? But one question still left unanswered. What about the evidence? It's there. Yes, what about the evidence? It's going, it's going to be hard to deny the fact that we did the crime. It's going to be hard. But let's read on to the next few verses. Um, Zechariah Verse 5 in chapter 3. Joshua standing before the angel, clothed with filthy garments. 
And the angel said to those who were standing there before him, Remove the filthy garments from him. And he said to him, and, and to him he said, Behold, I have taken your iniquities away from you and clothed you with pure vestments. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments. Now we get into good stuff. I want you to focus on two key words. Garments and iniquities. The first word, garments, is something that we wear to identify us as, indiv- as, as individuals based on our social status, um, family, and or vocation. For example, king, priest, shepherd, etc. Okay, let's think about that time. It is our outer appearance. In Zechariah 3, verse 3, 5, the word garments is used in two ways. The first is filthy, meaning that we are full of sin, unclean, our sinfulness. That's the filthy garments. That's what we wear. Second is clean garments, the pure vestments, clean turban. This is the removal of our old identity and replacing it and replacing it with a new identity, with clean garments, which God gives us as we enter his family, which through our baptism, and he will continue to do so when we confess and receive absolution, and when we partake in the Lord's Supper, the Holy Communion, the Eucharist, by replacing our garments. He, God, is wiping away all our sins, all our iniquities, Replacing it and give us something new. Let's go to the second word, iniquity. The scripture portrays sin, iniquities, in the term of wrongdoing before God in various different ways, such as uncleanness, guilt, or rebellion. How many times we rebelled? How many times we have done a lot of things, feel guilty? We definitely not clean. Pretty much all the sins we have done, which Satan has all the evidence laid out on their table. Zechariah 3, 5, God is removing all the, our iniquities by replacing our garments. Therefore, our sins doesn't identify us as who we are. But it is the act of the wrongdoing that stains our garments. God is replacing our garments giving us a new identity in Christ. Let's go to the scriptures. Back again, Luke chapter 5, 36. This is Jesus speaking. He says, No one tears a piece of a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new, and the piece from the new will not match the old. Say one more time. No one tears a piece of a new garment, puts it on the old garment, and if he does, he will tear the new one, because he's cutting it off, and the piece of the new one will not match the old. There is no reason to keep the filthy garments. God is giving us a complete, clean, righteous one. 
Now, how is this all possible? It is possible through God's grace, which is God's riches at Christ's expense. That is grace. That is Christ on the cross paid. paid. Christ on the cross who paid for your sins and my sins. And in our baptism, we are promised this. Colossians 2, it says, Having been buried with him in baptism, we are also raised with him, Jesus, through the faith and powerful workings of God, who raised him, Jesus, from the dead, and you, who were dead in your trespasses, your inquities, your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all our trespasses by canceling the record of the debt that stood against us with its legal demands by replacing our garments. He is taking it away. He took it away on the cross. He took our filthiness and our stench, our anxieties, our worries, everything to the cross. He says, give it to me. Give it to me, and I'll give it new. He didn't say, give it to me like a dry cleaner, and I'll wash it, and I steam it, and I iron it, and I'll give it to you. No, that's old. He says, give it to me, and I'll give it new. Silence. Now it's time to hear the verdict. This quiet courtroom. Nervous. Not knowing the unknown. Standing there. Waiting to hear what God has to say to us. And he says with a loud voice, this case is dismissed without prejudice. Now go in peace and know that your Lord God, the Heavenly Father, has redeemed you. Let's hear that again. Dismiss without prejudice. Because your Lord, Father Almighty, has redeemed you. Now we are redeemed and set free from the hold of Satan. Some of us probably don't feel free. Some of us here in this room are skeptical of Christianity and the beliefs that we believe are being set free and be new in God. Some of us don't believe that our sins can be wiped away without getting a gold star and saying, you did a good job, Victor. He's a gold star and I'll work for the next one. Some of us here believe that we have to earn to pay for that pure vestments and garments, and the turban. Here's another gold star. Matter of fact, here's a platinum credit card. Let me buy it. We still believe that. It's our human nature. We, we want to buy it. I want to own it. And then we are afraid that we fall into the same trap and lies from Satan again. 
God assure us that we will not be alone without guidance. Let us read the next verse. Verse 6. And the angel of the Lord solemnly assured Joshua, Thus said the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways and keep my charge, then you shall rule my house and have charge of my courts. Well, a lot of you might have questions about this verse. There's a lot to unpack. Let's unpack it. And there's questions behind it. First, God is asking us, the church, to follow his commandments, his laws perfectly. Which, by the way, we cannot because we are human. And we will always sin. It's impossible. I don't get it. He wants us to rule his house and take charge of his court. How? If we cannot keep his laws and walk in his ways. How's? How? Is a good question. Would you believe me if I said that God is not directing these instructions to us? Will you believe me? God the Father is directing these instructions to Joshua the high priest. Let's capitalize Joshua the high priest. And let's not use the Lord caps on that. It is Jesus. The name Joshua is Hebrew for Jesus and means God rescues. Yes, all the time Jesus was, in, Jesus was on trial in our behalf. Jesus was wearing our filthy garments. Is Jesus giving us himself new garments? And is Jesus and only Jesus can walk in God's ways and keep all the laws in our behalf because we are unable to do so. Just picture it. You caught red-handed, you found the judge, you standing right here, and somehow you back there as a spectator. And is Jesus on trial? Jesus wearing your filthy garment, your stench, looking, smelling like going to a club and all the stamps and the alcohol and booze and what God watched you in the corner in New York City because you know it's smelly in summertime. That's what Jesus is doing. He's wearing that filthy garment. He's the one in trial. And he's the one that Jesus, he's the one that God is directing these instructions to. This is not the first time God has done this. Let's go way back to Genesis 15. God made a covenant with Abraham. Abraham, God, God changed his name later on. At the time of Abraham, a covenant is agreement to the death. Both parties must fulfill it. So what they do is they gather up animals, they cut it in half, and they lay it down a path. And both parties have to walk through it. That's how they bind the agreement, the covenant. God knew that Abram and his people wouldn't be able to keep the part of the covenant, the part of the agreement. So God made Abram fall into a deep sleep, knocked them out, and himself walked through the Caucasus alone. Jesus is everywhere. Even the beginning time in Genesis. That's grace. God is awesome like that. 
Now back to Zechariah chapter 3. We see the same thing. Jesus on trial. And let's fast forward a few hundred years to the trial and death of Christ. He who has not sinned died a sinner's death. Let's break this down. Jesus, he was judged and accused. Jesus, he, his garment was filthy, was teared. And because of our sins, his garments was stained with our blood, with his blood. Christ rose from the dead. A new glorified body. That's the new garment. Which we will receive through our baptism. Which Paul explains in Colossians, what I read earlier. How amazing is that? That we have full insurance and protection from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, Jesus already fulfilled the law. And he is the head of the church. He is king and he will rule and govern his courts how by love and compassion the book the author in the book of hebrews explains this beautifully since then we have a great high priest high priest Joshua high priest Christ high priest Jesus high priest who has passed through the heavens Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. All right. I'm filthy. I'm broken. Jesus is on trial for me. And he wants me to draw near to him. not easy to simply say, okay, God, guide me. It's not easy to not take out our credit cards and purchase this new vestments and clean, pure garments. It's not easy and we cannot erase our memory. Christ took upon your flesh became low. He was ripped. He took your stench to the cross. And he says, come to me and I'll give you new life. New garments. 
All you have to do is hear. You don't have to walk up the steps. I'm coming to you. And that's what he does. He says, give me you and hear me. I don't know, but I'm crying. That's beautiful. I'm reminded that every single day, like God used a sinner like me to preach. God used a sinner like me to, to go to seminary. Why? I don't know why. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out why. My wife's trying to figure out why. <laughs> <laughs> why get into ministry? You know that's hard work. Yes, it is. But why me? And then I go back to the scriptures and I see he used messed up, beaten, twisted individuals to, to, for his purpose, for his mission, to share his words. Look at everyone. From a murderer to a adulterer to a prostitute. A downer. He uses messed up, jacked up individuals who are beyond filth, beyond stench. He says, these is my people. And it's okay. Because I wash you and give you new. And all of that is in me. That is called the great exchange. When he said it is finished, it is finished. And you are made new. The vision in Zechariah received is Christ. Christ for all mankind. Christ taking our judgment. Christ taking our punishment. And Christ giving us a new life in him. In heaven with our creator and our father. We we will be reconciled with him. Thanks be to God that he is all loving and just. I will end with a quote from Martin Luther because he's a unique individual and trust me, he is filthy. And he says, so when the devil throws your sins in your face and declares that you deserve death and hell, tell him this, I admit I deserve death and hell. What of it? For I know one who suffered and made, satisfa- made satisfactions on my behalf. His name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And where he is, there I should be also. Toss it back in his face. Today's message, the verdict, if I call it. It's something that we live day in and day out. Something we struggle with. Regardless if you are a new Christian or a seasoned Christian. If you're just a person sitting here or you're the pastor preaching. We face trials day in and day out. But know that those trials, it's not your own. Christ is there fighting for you. Christ is there taking it for you. He is there going to a life sentence for you. He beat it for you. He is love. And he reminds me every single day that he could love a sinner like me. And I know he loves a sinner like you. Amen. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today's message. We thank you so much for the opportunity for me to, to preach today's message, Lord, that it spoke to me, mostly. And whoever hears, hears, and let it convince their hearts, and let it open their hearts, and open their minds to receive you, and know that they don't have to earn your love, Lord, that you give it freely, that you are just, and you are loving, you are an awesome Father, and I thank you for your Son, who's died a bitter, suffered death on my behalf and our behalf. Lord, remind us every day, day in, day out, that what you have done, you do it freely. And you pour grace on us freely. This we pray in your son's name. Amen.